For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 133 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're going to talk to you about fucking Star Wars. That's what we do. We got some cool stuff to talk about this week. Pretty excited. Voicemails and emails as well. Uh, you know, that's what we do around here, guys. Talk to you about Star Wars. Hear what you think about Star Wars. And then we let you go on your merry ass way uh been a bit of a rough week for me this week so dude i'm sorry why i uh, just a little mix of being a little under the weather the fucking five snowflakes that fell in my area that shut everything down for two days plus the extra right. day for the yeah. uh, the holiday on monday like i was screwed as far as work went yesterday and today so yeah day shutdowns aren't good for you mm-hmm they sure aren't, and like it's all—it's all like, oh, nice to have a snow day, and it is. I mean, it's nice to hang out at the house, but it just ends up fucking me over big time. So I'm pretty worn out. Right. So I'm trying to get uh, pepped up <clears throat> a little bit here, talking to my best buddy about my favorite thing in the world. So, uh, why don't I give you guys a little business? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a buttload of designs for sale on our Tee Public store that you can get on notebooks, t-shirts, mugs, prints, pillows, if you're into those kind of shenanigans. tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And... We are part of the best damn ass podcast network in the entire galaxy. The Making Star Wars Podcast Network, where we are happy to be podcast network brothers with such amazing podcasts as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. 
And I actually have a little bit of business that I have been forgetting to tell you guys about because I'm a dickhead and I keep forgetting. But a few weeks back, I guested on our buddy Robbo's podcast, the top, it's Hardcore Gaming 101's top 47,858 games of all time. I was on episode 79, which was uh, all about Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and Attack of the Mutant Camels. So if you want to hear me talk about some Star Wars with some dudes that really know their video games, you should check it out. It's a really good video game podcast in general. That's good. So if you're into that thing, sort of thing, check it out. But yeah, I've been That's sick as fuck. Forgetting to mention that for like three weeks now, feeling like a dick every time I post it. I'm like, fuck, I didn't mention that. So Hardcore Gaming 101, just search it. You'll find it. No problem. And uh, you can hear me flounder with some dudes that know way more about video games than I do. I was outclassed a little bit in the knowledge uh, cat, uh, department, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So how's your week been, buddy? Uh, it's been pretty good. Like you said, the snow and the ice were crazy, but it's yeah, I still think... cold and it's starting to warm up a little bit. Didn't you guys get, you guys probably got it much worse than we did. I, I don't know. I know we got a big heap of snow. Yeah, see, ice. we did not. Like, it barely, like, dusted our front yard. Um, and I, everywhere around us got it worse, especially north of us and even sort of south towards the Montgomery area got it worse than we did but here uh, like my house in the surrounding area not that bad at all but right yet again everything was shut down uh you still obsessed with player unknowns battlegrounds uh more than you even know yeah, i've been playing and uh i'm getting to this irritating point where it's low teens to single digits you know and i can't break break a number one solo you know, I, have, I haven't gotten one in a group either, but I'm always a lot closer with the group. But as a solo guy, like, I'm getting consistently, I consistently can make it to the last 10. You know, unless I just get fucked somewhere, like, I can consistently make it to the last few of us. But I always get overwhelmed or shot in the ass. It's hard to find a good spot and move and everything that goes into it. It's just hard to get that number one spot and be the last guy alive. Because sometimes you have to fight it out and you have to shoot people and you can't just like sneak and hide to the very end, but that's what you got to do. Right. Um, I got to say, despite the fact that myself, I haven't gotten a number one yet either, it's still a lot of fun. Like it's not bumming me out. It's really fun with a group. I I wish I had some more time to play. Like I could seriously see myself devoting like a whole day to it at some point, but man... It's a lot of fun. It can be so silly and goofy, and those are my favorite parts when it gets a little silly and goofy or something silly happens. Like that time that we got all geared up, you were driving the dune buggy, and you rolled it off a mountain, and there were just two dudes waiting at the bottom of the mountain that ambushed us before we could even get out of the car. It's so funny because we were so set up. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to diving in a little more, hopefully very soon. Uh, well, like I said, lots of stuff Star Wars related going on. Uh, little bits of info, Rebels trailer, solo synopsis. So why don't we uh, why don't we talk about that? Uh, Will, what order do you want to do? So we got some Last Jedi stuff, some Rebels stuff, and some solo stuff. What do you want to do first? 
Let's do the Rebel stuff first, then The Last Jedi, and we'll finish off with the Solo. Okay, so have you seen the Rebels trailer yet? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, well, why don't you watch your screen? I'll share it, and we'll watch it right now. Can you see it? Okay, yeah. All right, let's do this. It's a pretty good trailer. I've learned so much. It looks pretty cool. I, Kanan is a good Jedi. Well, wouldn't Can you hear it okay? I can't hear it at all, but I can see it. I get the gist. Is that when he gets his crystal? Oh, this is like a recap. Yeah, this is a, a recap. It starts off with a fair bit of a really well done recap. The force is trying to tell you something. Listen to it. We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. Is it wrong for me to protect my friends? Talking to Yoda. I'm so quiet. I know this is boring. I'm I'm stunned. Well, they can hear the audio. We can oh. do this together. Let's go get Hera. You're in terror. Man, just cut his hair. Yeah, our buddy Sal's not too stoked about that. And he shaved off the beard. I'm bummed about that too. I have to tell you something. I hate your hair. That's a really funny line right there. Hera says, "I have to tell you something. I hate your hair." Yeah. He's still blind, right? Yeah. Kind of hard to tell sometimes. That's cool. It's like a Zaidoichi Jedi. Ezra got some force wolves. Yep, those, uh, are they Loth wolves or something like that? Yeah. Um, it looks really good, man. Rebels, I mean, it can be a little uneven for me sometimes on how much I enjoy certain episodes and whatnot. But, man, if they don't do kick-ass trailers, like, they're really good. Did you notice the Emperor in the trailer? I did. Cool that's little, crazy. Cool little piece of info. Ian McDermott doing the voice. That's another oh, that's thing. Pimp. I have to give Rebels, when they can, they get the original actor to come back. Like, um, you know, Ian McDermott as the Emperor, Billy D. Williams as Lando, uh, Frank Oz as Yoda. So yeah. that's really cool to me. And it's really cool that they were able to get Ian McDermott back to do the voice of the Emperor. And I am... Uh, pretty stoked to see him uh as part of this story he's there's been you know i think just one sort of emperor cameo and it was sam witwer doing the voice and i want to say that was at the end of season one maybe right before vader started coming into the whole story yeah uh, oh james earl jones is vader that's another 
cast member that they got to come back and do the voice. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap it all up. It looks like it's going to be very serious from the tone of the trailer. Um, it comes back February 19th, which is a Monday, and I believe the finale is March 5th. And from what I understand, that's <laughs> a, uh, a long episode as well. So probably an hour long episode to wrap it all up. But yeah, I'm I'm quite excited, quite excited to see where they go with this, and quite excited to see what's next as far as Star Wars animation. Um, I got a feeling, old buddy uh, Kanan may may not be long for the Star Wars world. I mean, you think he's gonna die? I think it's very possible. I mean, there's some episodes. Why? Why you gotta kill Jedi? Like that is the like. That's going to be the theme. That's what people are going to say. Yeah, well... When a Jedi gets powerful, he's just got to die. Well, you know, I can kind of get it. And I understand if, like, it's people's, like, favorite character and stuff. And I uh, totally get the concept of not wanting your favorite characters to die. On the other hand, though, like, I kind of feel like Kanan and Ezra need to be taken out of the story, in some sense, by Empire Strikes Back. I don't disagree with that. Like I, you know, if this was set after Return of the Jedi or during the Clone Wars, or you know, even if it was during the Clone Wars, like characters got to pass sometime. I just hope you know, if they do kill any of the characters off, they give them a really cool exit. You know, that's all you really can ask for. If one of your char- favorite characters has to die, is that they do something cool with them. Right. That's true. So. I'm excited. The The trailer got me real hyped. Um, I feel like season four has been a mostly a really solid season so far. Um, you know, uh, a little couple missteps here and there, but what are you going to do? It's not ruining it for me or anything. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, looks pretty cool. Looks sounds pretty exciting. Can't wait to see what the fuck the emperor is going to be up to. Um. His line, his one line in the trailer is pretty interesting. Um, Ezra Bridger, I have you at last, or something to that effect. <clears throat> Dharma is not stoked about the Emperor, if you can hear her. She is not. She's not having any Emperor. I don't like that old wrinkly-ass Sheev Palpatine, man. So be it, Dharma. Um, so you said you wanted to do uh, Last Jedi next? Yes. Okay. So there's been a few little interesting Last Jedi tidbits coming out. We're sort of in one of my favorite phases of a Star Wars movie releases, which when after the movie's out and, you know, everybody's had a chance to see it, there'll be interviews with the director and he'll clarify and speak on stuff that people have questions about. And what's funny is, you know, some people are so intent on trolling and hating on this movie. Right. They're like, oh, clearly there's something wrong if he has to keep doing interviews uh, to explain the movie afterwards. Guys, This, <laughs> it's happened with J.J. Abrams after The Force Awakens. It's happened after Rogue One. Like, this is what happens. It's the, like, next round of press interviews. People want to ask the director the qu- questions about the movie after it's out. Like, it's not because... He, he needs... He has this desire to go out and explain it or fill in gaps or anything. It's just the normal part of the fucking process. 
Right. Um, one of the first ones that came out that I thought was pretty cool, he was talking, Ryan Johnson this is, talking about the duel between Luke and Kylo at the end of The Last Jedi. And specifically addressing why Luke looks the way he does and has the blue saber. Um, you know, I've even brought up, it's something I've seen brought up a ton of times, is like, well, why doesn't Kylo recognize something's up? Because that, that saber was destroyed, right? Well, right. Ryan Johnson explains that like Kylo didn't see the saber destroyed. The last thing he saw was a bright flash of light, and he got knocked out. So as far as he knows, the saber's still intact. Right. Um, he also explains that Luke appears the way he does, sort of in the outfit with the short hair and the darker hair and the beard and stuff. Uh, because he's he's specifically doing that because that is how Kylo last remembers. It's all about fucking with Kylo's head, including using the blue saber because Kylo has this like attachment to that saber. Like, you know, in The Force Awakens, he says, that saber, that's mine. Yeah, that saber, it belongs to me. Like, he right. thinks that's his saber uh, because he is, you know, the offspring of Darth Vader or the the descendant of Darth Vader and him even wanting to be so like Darth Vader so bad. Yeah. That's Anakin's, you know, that's Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was kind of cool just to hear that. And like, as soon as he said, you know, Kylo was knocked out, he never saw the saber destroyed. I was like, oh, why didn't I think that? Of course, that's the answer. It's perfectly simple. You know, Sometimes the easiest explanation is the best one. But uh, Ryan Johnson also continues to be one of my favorite fucking people, especially on social media. He did something today that I thought was so fucking funny. Uh, You know, people have sort of... One of the complaints some people have had is that, like, the whole Luke doppelganger whatever you want to call it right right thing is not how the force works it's not a real jedi power it's stupid it's just ryan johnson just made it up well today he posted uh some pictures on (coughs) without commentary on his uh, twitter of his library in his house or his bookshelves in his house and one of the books on that shelf is a book called the jedi path it's a book i actually have Right. And it's kind of just like a sort of meant to be like an in-universe Jedi handbook, right? And he opens it up, like it's a series of pictures, shows the shelf, shows the book, shows the cover, opens it up to a section called Advanced Force Techniques, and then goes to a section called Doppelganger, or Simul Futurus, permits a Jedi to create a short-lived duplicate of himself or herself or an external object that is visibly indistinguishable from the real item. Those who have perfected this ability can create phantoms of any person of their choosing or trick an enemy into seeing more objects, such as droids, than are actually present. So, basically, Ryan Johnson came in and just did a quick drop-the-mic moment on everybody. Like, guys, I did, this has been around. I didn't come up with this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like if if somebody and, was questioning. And what is that book again? Where did that book come from? It's called The Path of Je- the Jedi. 
is it an EU book or is it just like a? It's it's more of like a source book, like a source book, like a canon source book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay, even if that didn't exist, I mean that's awesome that it does, and that's cool. That's where it got it from, and it totally makes sense that it should be there. Uh, why would you know? It's like a force projection, like you you know. You can do a mind trick, but and now, like apparently with Kylo Ren, you can look inside people's minds. Like, of course, you can project yourself into their mind. Like, you know, project yourself into reality. Like, why would that not be uh, possible? Yeah, it's the that's one and thing. Snoke kind of does a little bit of it. You know, a manipulation of that exact thing. They don't actually. You know, they see doppelgangers. They don't. You know, Ray and. Kylo, they're not actually in front of one another. No, but that it's not it's really them though. You know what I mean? That's a little different. Like the, it's not a necessarily a doppelganger. They're like connecting with each other over large distance, large spans of space or whatever. Like Right, but it, I'm saying what they're seeing isn't the isn't the physical actual. He's not Kylo Ren is not right there in front of Rey when Luke shows up. He, right. You know, his presence is, his consciousness is. Yeah, that, well, I don't know. They kind of, a, a few times hint that they're almost actually there. Because, like, you know, in the one scene when he's talking to her while Ray is in the rain, he's he's got rain all over his glove. Remember that? And I mean, not, I, I feel like those are, like, sensations. Right. You know, but, like, but still, it's not exactly the same thing. Similar, but... You know, they're they're actually communicating with each other. It's not like... No, I agree. I totally agree. Because even, you know, Kylo recognizes that it's not the same thing. He says to Rey, like, are you appearing here? No, you couldn't do this. The, that, uh, the power would kill you or whatever, or the effort would kill you. Right, but <laughs> that's what killed Luke. That's what I'm saying. Right. Ky- I'm, what I'm saying is Kylo acknowledges that it's not the same thing. In that line, he's saying, oh, no, you're not doing that, whatever the fuck it's called, projection futurist or whatever, doppelganger. Right. You're not doing that because if you were, the effort would kill you. So he realizes it's something different. Something else is up. Some weird connection between the two of them. Um, I just like that. It, basically, it reminded me of like if you were DMing a <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons game, right? And somebody right. tried to step to you. Just tell me if this sounds familiar. Somebody tried to step to you and argue your uh, your ruling as a DM, and then you have to crack out the source book, go to the exact page, and be like, nah, motherfucker, look, this is how it works. It reminded me of something very similar to that. And I just, I like that uh, Brian Johnson is like, fuck it. Like, no, I'll show you where I got the idea from. It's from an right. official Star Wars book. Calm yourselves down. Right, calm your tits. <clears throat> I don't know. I just like that he's, you know, of of the Star Wars directors so far that we've gotten in this Disney era of Star Wars, he's definitely the most interactive on Twitter and definitely the one that will sort of punch back a little bit when he gets a little too much shit. I just don't understand the backlash, I guess, is because, you know, it is different, okay? It's different than any Star Wars you've ever seen, but it had to be. You wanted new Star Wars... Bitch, you got new Star Wars. Well, see, this it wasn't going to be like, the same old shit. Like, as of yet, I haven't seen a force power in any of the new movies that hasn't felt like 
a natural extension of the force that we've already been introduced to. But right. like, go back and look at A New Hope. The force is like, you know, mind tricks and having a hunch, basically, you know? Right. And then Empire Strikes Back, they establish that you basically have like, um, is it telekinesis? What's Is that yeah, where you can pull stuff? To yourselves, like he pulls the lightsaber to himself, and like you learn and read more... minds. You right. know, Darth Vader reads Luke's mind, sister. Well, that's Jedi, but yeah, with each movie, like Force Lightning, Force Lightning was never a thing until the last or until Return of the Jedi. So, like with each movie, you find a little bit more about what's available to you as a user of the Force, right? And the fact that Luke is using a quote-unquote advanced force technique, I mean, honestly, that just makes it more badass to me. He's using, like, Paragon powers or some shit. Right. Epic level powers. <clears throat> um, That's a spell you can use once a lifetime. Right. <laughs> For sure. That's the one thing. It doesn't say anything about, um, you know, that it kills the user in that that path of the Jedi book, but right. it also doesn't say what happens when someone uses it to the extent that Luke used it, you know? Right. Um, also, what else happened with The Last Jedi this week? Oh, uh, another article came out where Ryan Johnson was talking about the Knights of Ren and their absence in The Last Jedi. That's another sort of sticking point people have been like, not this one I haven't necessarily pe seen people really pissed off about but they're just like what's the deal where'd the knights of ren go and he basically explained that like look there was so much going on the in this movie there wasn't really an appropriate place to sort of shoehorn them in he said he did briefly consider making them the praetorian guards but didn't want to because if he did that he knew he was going to kill him because of the way you know that that throne room battle goes and he didn't want to kill them off to just be, you know, for them to just be in the throne room and kill them off. Um, so, for one, that uh, eliminates the idea of are the Knights of Ren the Praetorian Guards? Did the Knights of Ren become Snoke's Praetorian Guards? Clearly, they didn't. <clears throat> so, that's a nice little bit of clarification that uh, came out from his side of things. It will be interesting. That's, that's Go ahead. wonderful. No, I was just saying that's that's great. Yeah, it will it will be interesting to see, um, you know, if they play a role in the story going forward. I would say there's a better chance of it with JJ coming back, considering they are a concept and a design that you know he helped come up with in the development for the Force Awakens. So, if anybody was going to do something with the Knights of Ren, I could see it being JJ, and. Um, Another quote from like J.J. Abrams that uh, I've seen people bringing up a little more recently. He said sometime after The Force Awakens came out that if he was going to do uh, a Star Wars standalone movie, like, you know, a Star Wars story, it would be about the Knights of Ren. So it's clearly uh, a concept and some characters that he likes. So I could see them being part of Episode Nine for sure. That'd be cool. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I just end up liking Ryan Johnson more and more with whatever he does. I mean, in The Force Awakens, you see Kylo Ren bolt midair. That's a brand new Force power. Never seen that happen. Yep. Saw Darth Vader catch some, you know, like 
I, basically I, or dismiss them. them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've never seen someone stop a blaster bolt midair and nobody flip their shit about that. Yeah. You know, some people, just, diff- some people just want to flip their shit. Some people just want to be a troll. Once you start down the troll path, forever will it dominate your destiny? That sort of thing. Um, but what can you do, man? I, I mean, what can you do? I do think it's fucking pretty pathetic that Ryan Johnson has basically had to turn off the comments on his Instagram account because people are just leaving hateful, vile shit in the comments. There's this dude who has a like a toy account on Instagram that I used to follow. He's got actually like a shop where you can wow. um where you can buy toys and stuff. He sells a wide variety of things, Star Wars, Marvel Legends, NECA stuff, all this kind of stuff, right? And Mark Hamill posted a post this week like just saying how much how awesome Kelly Marie Tran was. And right under it, the first comment I see is from this toy guy on Instagram saying like she's a terrible character Star Wars is racist against white people like just vile idiotic shit and I was like wow that's awful you're really bringing out the uh, the the real assholes are really coming out of the woodwork now they got some big balls the assholes got big balls they've got internet big balls there's a difference yeah (laughs) there's definitely a big difference when it comes I mean that's what the president does I mean, I hate to, you know, fuck it. Big balls. Talk shit. Huge. Huge. Douche. Yeah. Huge douche. Um, douche. Yeah, man, it's just... It's just... It, there's some shit going down with, like... Fuckheads. Fuckheads that want to be racist trolls. assholes. Trolls, man. Right? Trolls. Troll, racist, what you know, trolls. Like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what? It's just some bullshit. Uh, solo news. Solo. Han Solo. Uh, the biggest thing that came out about Han Solo this week is the uh, synopsis or the official synopsis. It's the first real official thing that's been officially released. There's been a few things leaked as far as Lego stuff and things like that goes. But they released a synopsis for the movie, which is just, you know, further proof that that trailer's coming any day now. We don't know exactly when, but it will not be long before we get our first look at this movie. They basically, the synopsis, like, we're going to go over it, but it's basically, wait for it. You know, like, it's, you know, like, it's coming. The trailer's coming. Yeah. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away, and Solo, a Star Wars story. An all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. Solo, a Star Wars story, releases in U.S. theaters on May 25th, 2018. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily give us any new information. Previous 
you know, uh, reports from or quotes from like Bob Iger and stuff have kind of uh, let us know that he would be meeting Chewbacca <laughs> and things like that in this movie, or that this movie would explore that. You know, we just get. A yeah, I saw time. a bunch of people online being shitty about like, tell us something we didn't know, like about how that gave them no information whatsoever. Everything they already knew. I was like, yeah, no, duh. Why would they tell you the movie they're going to release before they release it? You know, they're real tight about these Star Wars scripts. Yeah, yeah. and like the synopsis is like, it's not meant to be a point for point. Okay, Join us it's... in a galaxy doing some criminal underworld shit with characters you already know is going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, an official synopsis. That's ex- It did exactly what it was supposed to do. It's not going to be like... The movie starts on Corellia. Well, he goes here, and then he flies there and has an encounter with this. He starts on Corellia, and he's just a young whippersnapper getting in trouble. He meets Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson eats the booty like groceries. You know, like it's not going to be an in-depth breakdown of the movie. But it is nice to start getting little bits of information here and there. Um and I got to be honest, I'm real excited about this one. Real excited to see the trailer. Really hoping we get some Boba Fett. I don't Boba know Fett. that we will, but man, would I be excited. I would too. Yeah, I just don't know how likely it is. I don't know how likely it is that Boba Fett shows up in this one because I almost feel like we might have heard a little something about that So by now. You know, what if they hope to shoot another one and the like the the reveal is at the end of the movie, like so Han Solo makes a villain of someone and, and turns out that someone is Boba Fett before the armor or whatever. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it's I think if we see Boba Fett, he's going to be in the armor. It would make sense by this point in the story whenever it takes place. That Boba Fett would already be pimping around in his armor because, you know, the Clone Wars. How old is Boba Fett in the Clone? Uh, in like Attack of the Clones, like eight or nine or something, right? I thought he was like twelve or something. Maybe I don't, I don't really know his official age at that point. Um, and then when we see him in the Clone Wars, he doesn't yet have the armor. But I want to say when he shows up in the Dark Disciple book, which was also going to be. Um, a Clone Wars storyline. It was an unused one. It was going to be an episode further down the line, like maybe season six or something. Uh, season, maybe even season seven. I don't know. Uh, when they encounter Boba Fett, then I think he has the armor at that point, if I'm not mistaken. I see. <clears throat> so he would definitely have the armor. I don't foresee if Boba Fett's in this, us seeing him out of the armor. Uh, if they do, you know, they definitely need to cast someone uh, that at least in some way bears a resemblance to either Daniel Logan or Tamora Morrison. Uh, I don't think it'll be either of them. Uh, If anything, I think it's probably going to be just a dude, like a stuntman in a suit, if he's actually in the movie. Um, And the main reason I'm saying this is because if he was in a huge role, like if he was in the movie a lot, like I said, I think we would have heard something or, Maybe even a casting announcement or something, you know? So I don't... It'd be a figure, right? Well, the thing is, is like there's a tiny bit of Boba Fett merchandise 
sort of starting to come out now, but you can't really count on that because there's always some Boba Fett stuff. I, I would think the biggest one that just came out of, have you seen the Lego buildable figures? They, no. They're like Lego, you, you buy like the Ray set and you can build a Ray out of Lego and she's about, I don't know, six inches tall, maybe a little taller. They have cool. a, a pretty wide variety of them. They just brought out Boba Fett. <clears throat> so we'll see. I mean, we the only uh, sort of Han Solo tie-in merchandise we've even seen any of is the Lego stuff because it leaked. We haven't seen, you know, the figure lines or anything like that. Boba Fett could be part of those as far as we know. We haven't seen anything uh, get leaked out or get announced yet, but... Do you know, oh my God, do you know how much I'd lose my shit if we saw Boba Fett in the trailer, though? Oh, you'd lose it. Oh, great goodness. Good, good, good goodness. There would, there would be sobbing in the in the theater and there's that trailer. I don't know about sobbing, but you, there'd definitely be a... It'd be like that CSI. <laughs> oh yeah man i would be so excited um but you know it's really not that far until we find out not necessarily you know with him being in the trailer but i mean the movie is not that far away four months four months from now we will be awash in solo a star wars story and i can't wait indeed we will <clears throat> well i think that's I what were we gonna I hope say? he likes to go fast. <laughs> I you think... know, like that's one of the things I, I like about Han Solo is that he flies fast. Unless he needs to fly casual, and then you know, I don't know, just fly casual. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we will definitely see some speedster Han Solo, and by that I don't mean like Han Solo on speed. That'd be fucked up if Han Solo has a op- movie opens <laughs> up and Han Solo has a crippling speed addiction. That'd really fucking yeah, really He's throw so my fucked up on spice. <laughs> That'd really throw my perception of Han Solo for a loop. But uh, yeah, you know, lots to look forward to. Rebels starts back February nineteenth, goes to March fifth, and then that after that, it's only two months until Han Solo. About two and a half, but still. Uh, and then you know there'll be plenty of news on. Force Friday, although I believe I believe they reported on making Star Wars on their podcast that it's Wookiee Weekend this time around. It's not Force Friday. They save, I guess they're saving the Force Friday title for Saga films. So Force Friday was The Force Awakens. Force Friday 2 was uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, the one for Rogue One was Rogue Friday. And then now we're getting Wookiee Weekend, so. Wookiee Weekend. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see Han. I'm excited to see fucking Lando. Donald Glover as Lando. I'm excited to see Chewie. I'm excited to see old Eat the Booty himself, Woody Harrelson. See what he's up to. I think it's going to be a good old, good old time. Um. And just, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of wonderful back backlash and whining, but yeah, there's going to be lots of hate mail and trolls. It's sad that that that, that 
Star Wars fans are like that now. Or that some are. Well, you know, I mean, it's not a now thing. They've always been there. It's just now you know they have true. the platform, you know. That um, is true. I still maintain that the discourse and the, the sort of division um, on uh, The Last Jedi is not as bad as it was during the prequels, in my opinion. Oh, not at all. Um, <clears throat> all right. So you want to do some voicemails and emails and whatnot? Yes, of course I do. All right, well, you know how we do that. You know how we kick that off. I sure do. We kick that off with technical difficulties. Here we go. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cock hat. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. There we go. Little Kia D for that AS. First up this evening, we got our buddy Brad Love writing in, and he's writing in about our current ex- uh, obsession, buddy, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <laughs> hey fam, it's so perfect that you guys are talking Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on a Star Wars podcast, because I think Star Wars is the key to getting those chicken dinners. Channeling your inner Jedi to only kill when it's completely necessary and to not give in to the greed you feel when you see a guy off in the distance. The patience of a Jedi is key. What's really important, though, is the high ground. Every time Vader, Nick, and I have won, we have had the high ground. Just last night, we had a three-man squad, and Nick had positioned us perfectly on the high ground. Then a bunch of Anakins came at us. As you know, the adrenaline gets pumping when you're down to the last few, and it gets intense. However, if you use up a bunch of that extra energy by yelling, it's over, Anakin, over and over into the mic, you can focus on getting those kills and come out with that victory. Feel the force around you, and when you get to that chicken dinner, you let me know. I'll send you a video of Jar Jar dancing, because that's the best way to celebrate those. Trust me. May the force be with you. Brad Love. I mean, that's solid. That was awesome. That is solid advice. Nine times out of ten, if I fuck up or if I die in Battlegrounds, it is because I fuck up and get too uh, eager and run out into somewhere where I shouldn't or make my position no or try to kill somebody that's too far away. The other day, Will and I were playing with Jesse and Jesse's brother-in-law, my future brother-in-law, Jerry, and... Um, 
we drove up in a Jeep and we noticed off in the distance there was um, like this little cluster of houses and we could see people running through it. Actually, I don't even think we drove up. I think we were walking. And like my first instinct when I see someone walking off in the distance to pull out my gun and try to take them out. But Will and I played it real cool and snuck up on them and noticed that they were in the process of looting someone. And there was three of them. And I'm telling you guys, me and Will took care of those guys. Boom, boom, boom. boom Lickety split. And then we had like six crates of loot to look through. We did a, uh, a countdown yep. fire. Like a, We got up close and I was like, you ready? Three, two, one. And then we both just opened up at the same time. They stood no chance. Yeah, because Jesse and Jerry were maybe a couple of minutes behind us. We were up ahead a little bit scouting and trying to find a good spot or a vehicle or something. So I'm sorry, there were six crates laying right there. Yeah, it was so awesome. Clearly, those dudes had killed another group of people, and they yeah. went to loot them, and then we killed them. So we just had full access to all their stuff. It was really cool. It was. It was great. Uh, what I consider the perfect round, I love to get a sniper rifle and a at least a 4X or an 8X scope. Uh, if I get a sniper rifle and a scope, I, I'm going I'm to make it to the top 10. I'm going to make it somewhere in the top 10 because that's exactly what I do. I'll go to the middle of the circle and I'll hold the high ground and try. And usually when I die, it's because somebody walked up on me, got behind me, somebody I didn't see coming in, somebody that likes to hang out outside the circle in the blue. If you take the combination of the painkillers and the energy drinks, you can yeah, exist outside in the blue for a little while. And I don't understand why people play like that, but... I know they do, it, but it but it freaks me out. I need to be in the circle. <coughs> yeah, I start getting real anxious when um when it comes to being outside that circle. Like I, I'm like, okay, we need to go. We need to go. We need to go now. But yeah, go now. I, I've definitely seen and played with a couple people that like to wait till the last minute, and they if they have the resources to take the painkillers and the energy drink, they will hang outside the circle so they don't take damage. And I mean, it works. It's 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 an interesting thing. It just the makes is, me too anxious to do it. Yeah, that's how you get kills. But I'm not looking for kills. I want to be number one. Like I don't necessarily need. Ki- I want to kill when it's necessary. The patience of a Jedi. Just like our buddy Brad was just saying. All right, uh, let's do some voicemails. I think first up we've got our buddy Sam. Let's hear what Sam has to say. Sam, I am. Hey, Haas and Will, this is Sam Scorson. Something that's been on my mind is when did Ben Solo know that Darth Vader was his grandfather? In Bloodline, which is about five or six years before TFA, we find out that Leia is concerned about Ben learning the truth of who his grandfather was. So, which raises the question, if Snoke has been manipulating Ben from a young age, I'd think he, that Snoke would have told Ben that um, Darth Vader was his grandfather. Or now I'm wondering, did, did Snoke even know? Maybe Snoke had no idea that they were related until um, Ben found out, you know, that they found out together. Because um, that would raise the question is if Snoke and Ben were um, working together prior to Luke losing his shit in the hut, then I think that would have come up in conversation. Um, so then again, we really don't know when that scene takes place. So I um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
That's an interesting question. I dig that question. Um, when did Ben find out that Darth Vader was his grandfather? Did Snoke know, or did he not find out until Ben did? So, like Sam said, one of the big moments in the Claudia Gray novel, Bloodline, which takes place, you know, like six years before The Force Awakens, he said all this, um, is it comes out and the entire galaxy finds out that Darth Vader was Luke and Leia's uh, father. And when that happens, Leia sends a message to Ben sort of apologizing for not telling him yet. <clears throat> so you kind of assume that that's when he found out. Um, I don't know if, if Snoke knew or not. Maybe he did. If Snoke knew and told Ben, maybe it's one of those things that Ben didn't believe at first and thought Snoke was wrong and then was like, well, yeah, I mean, if that was true, my uncle or my parents would have told me, like, you're just fucking around with me. Maybe he didn't start off fully trusting Snoke because of that. And then when the news came out and he found out that it was this huge secret that they were keeping from him, maybe that's how Snoke finally ended up worming his way in to Ben, you know, into Ben's life. Or maybe like Sam said, Snoke didn't even know. You know, if the if, if if it's that well kept of a secret, maybe Snoke didn't know. You know, Snoke yeah, doesn't know. Snoke doesn't have to necessarily be some all knowing individual. You know, just be a chump. <clears throat> yeah, that, that that's a really good question. If I had to guess, just because of the way they set it up in Bloodline, that's when Ben found out. Now, does that mean that Snoke knew already? Or does that mean he found out then? I'm not sure. I'm sure that is information we have coming at some point if we're just patient enough. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they didn't do anything with Snoke. Snoke's story is over. Well, Snoke is dead, but that doesn't mean Snoke's story is over. The cool thing about Star Wars is like you have until the end of Star Wars to explore other stories, whether it be in movies or TV shows or animated series or books or comics or whatever so we will get more information on snoke eventually it's just going to require some patience that span of period of time in between uh return of the jedi and the force awakens that will get filled in we will know more than we want to know about all that it's just a matter of time and i imagine you know once this trilogy is finished that's when more of that stuff will get start start getting filled in just because they don't want to step on the toes. Because just because Snoke is gone doesn't mean more about Snoke can't be revealed in Episode Nine, right? Or that Snoke's influence over Ben can't still be present in a sense in Episode Nine, right? Like this, yeah. it, you know, it, it's not over yet, guys. Is what I'm saying. Like, there's still plenty right. of time. <clears throat> Yeah, that's Sam raised a really good question. I never really thought about whether Snoke knew or not, or if he had told Ben before that whole incident in Bloodline. All right, next up we have our buddy Jonathan with a voicemail uh, about one of my favorite side characters in um, The Last Jedi, Jedi, Tally, the badass A-wing pilot. Hey, Haas and Will. I'd like to talk about minor characters today. Those, those background characters that do cool stuff and they just never get their due. So 
in The Force Awakens, I'm just going to talk about the prequel trilogy so far. In The Force Awakens, I really liked uh, Greg Grunberg's character, uh, Snap Wexley. It's cool. I mean, he's an X-Wing pilot. He's there. He's just a cool dude. Um, you know, we did get some information about him in the uh, Aftermath novels, um, you know, and his backstory with his mom and everything, which was really cool. But, you know, in The Last Jedi, my favorite character, like the little minor character, is Tally Lintra. I mean, she is so cool. She's an A-wing pilot, and that shot at the very beginning when they're evacuating the base at Dakar is so cool when they zoom in and it's kind of an external shot of the cockpit and it's backlit it just looks amazing and and she looks cool and her helmet looks cool and just everything about it her a-wing looks rad um so that's my like little minor character favorite for uh the last jedi um I'd really like to see her get, like, some sort of do in a comic book because in the Visual Dictionary it says that she's, like, this really killer pilot and everything. I'm kind of sad, actually, that she didn't make it through because I feel like so far in this sequel trilogy we don't have that uh, rebel pilot or resistance pilot that's, like, the wedge-type character that, you know, like, makes it through the shit and gets to the end, you know, because... Years from now, you know, they could do a bunch of novels like they did back, you know, in the X-Wing books, uh, Stackpole that, that he wrote, where Wedge was kind of like the leader of, you know, Rogue Squadron and everything, and they had all those uh, novels and adventures and everything. But uh, anyway, I I hope that we see the return of uh, Snap Wexley and Jess Pava, two of my favorite new uh pilots in the in the uh, resistance i just want to know uh you know who's your guys's favorite like little minor character all right keep up the great podcasting and may the force be with you thanks buddy i really like tally too um and i've got an affinity for like the fighter pilots characters in star wars <laughs> it is interesting like we had wedge in the original trilogy and he was kind of like our side character pilot dude He's in A New Hope. He's in the Battle of Hoth. He's in the fucking uh, Battle of Endor. A big part of the Battle of Endor. He and Lando are the dudes like running up inside the Death Star together. And it's right. weird. Like we, So I assume he's an ace pilot. Right. And we never really got one of those characters in the prequel trilogy. Granted, there wasn't a lot of room for like fighter squadrons in prequel the prequel trilogy they never really focused on that as much it more went into the fact that anakin was a kick-ass pilot right right and like you have poe in this one and he's kind of like you know i thought that's what poe was going to be a more active poe but poe's path is set right now i feel like yeah and i still feel like he will have another badass x-wing piloting scene in the in episode nine, but I don't think that's going to be the focus of his character moving forward. Um, <clears throat> with JJ coming back, I think the return of Snap Wexley is probably a given. Um, I would love to see Jess Pava come back. I really like that a- actress. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, from what I understand, like the the offer to be in the Last Jedi was on the table, but she couldn't do it because of her. Uh, commitments to Iron Fist and the Defenders, uh, which right. is unfortunate. Hopefully, you know she can work around that. And if it's you know if there's room for her in uh, Episode Nine, they bring her back. I'd love to see her come back in a you know a bigger role. 
Um, obviously, it wouldn't be huge, but yeah, if they made Jess Pava or Snap Wexley sort of our new wedge, uh, even though they didn't appear in the second movie, I'd be pretty down with that. Um, and from what I understand, there's a good bit of sort of exploration of Poe's Black Squadron in the Poe Dameron comic. So that's cool that, you know, we can, if you want more, you can get a little more about those characters through that source. But it would be cool to see more of them in the movie. I mean, I'm sure, without a doubt, we're up for some sort of big space battle in Episode Nine. And right. And what you need in Episode Nine are, are fighter pilots. And it's um, going to be a re- the Rebellion. I guarantee you, and it won't be the resistance anymore. It'll be the rebellion. No, I mean they. I feel like they definitely sort of even established that in episode eight. You know, when right. when Luke says the rebellion is reborn today or whatever. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the one I really wanted to be our new wedge to carry through the whole trilogy died in episode seven, and that was my boy Elo Asti. I really wanted him to be. I love that alien design. It's my favorite of the new alien the, designs. The catfish <coughs> alien? Yeah, yeah. And we got a new one. We got Slow and Low. <laughs> slow and Low and this one. And I can't remember the other. There is a there is a one of those guys that's a pilot. He's the guy that's sitting next to Poe during the briefing when they bring Admiral Holdo in. Who's the, who's the, the chubby guy from Heroes? That's uh, Snap Wexley, Greg Grumberg. Snap Wexley. Yeah. And you know why I like Snap? Because Snap would be a real easy... He's a fat guy in an X-Wing pilot costume. I could cosplay that That's all That's what day. I'm saying. Represent chubby dudes. Yeah, chubby, dude chubby pilot, dudes with beards. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Star Wars. Maybe... Represent. Maybe, you know, the reason he wasn't in uh, Episode Eight is because his character had a failed back surgery. And in Episode Nine, he's going to be in a Star Wars wheelchair but still be a badass <laughs> badass oh X-wing god. fighter pilot. Oh my god. Do you, the cosplay gods would have blessed me. Ah! Be like, "Fuck yeah, that's me. I'll do that." I'll fucking cosplay as the pilot from Lost as while I'm at it. <clears throat> you know that was him in the the pilot the pilot episode for Lost. He's the pilot of Oceanic 815. Nice. <clears throat> that they go find in the the cockpit. In the first episode. All right. So our buddy Fernando tried to send us a voicemail last week. Um, okay. So he says, hey, guys, my voicemail from last week is attached. And below is the email my son wanted to send. This is what uh, his son wanted to say. His son is. A, okay. So we got to not curse in the answer to this. <laughs> got to do my best. Right. Sorry. Hello, Halls and Will. My name is Alejandro. Do you have the Darth Maul Black Series toy? And what is your favorite six-inch Black Series toy? My favorite is K2S2, K2SO, who my dad says is an elite figure. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I do. I do have the Darth Maul Black Series. He was one of the very first I got. Um, when the Black Series first came out, I couldn't find them anywhere. I would search everywhere and I would see people online being like, oh, I found them here, here and there. Nowhere around here had them. And then one night, Jesse and I went to dinner and we went to this place called Blackwell's Pub here in Birmingham. We had a nice dinner. It's probably about, mm, I don't know, five or 10 minutes from a Toys R Us. 
And I was like, let's go to the Toys R Us, and I want to see if they have those Star Wars Black Series figures. And I was being a negative Nancy Pants, let me tell you. I was like, I don't even know why I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be disappointed. They're not going to have them. I look everywhere, and they never have them. I'm going to have to pay, like, scalper prices online. So Jesse and I go in. We go to the toy aisle. And the very first thing I see is a fresh, brand-new case of Black Series figures up on the pegs. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, heavenly light shining down from above. So excited. I immediately grab a Luke X-Wing pilot and a Darth Maul. And we got out of there, man. You would have thought I was stealing from him. I was so excited to check these things out. Racing to the car. Racing to the checkup. See. Like, oh, man, somebody's going to be like, no, you can't have those. Ah, yes, but I do have the, the Darth Maul. What is my favorite Black Series? That's a tough question. My, um, my immediate obvious answer would be Boba Fett. Um, I was so excited when the announcement for the, f- the second wave of Black Series figures was announced and Boba Fett was part of it. And once again, could not find them anywhere. And then the very first year that uh, we went to Pensacon, which is a small sort of comic book convention in Pensacola, Florida. Well, it's not small, but it's not like Celebration or New York Comic Con or something like that. But uh, the first year we went there, I did some major Black Series shopping because people actually had all these figures I couldn't find. And I ended up paying uh, definitely more than uh, (laughs) retail for Boba Fett. But I was stoked to do it because he's my favorite character. But, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Black Series. I also really like the Thrawn. The K2SO, like you said, you were talking about uh, Alejandro, is a really cool one. Even if it is the elite figure, those Disney elite figures are cool as well. Uh, I like the, does I say Thrawn? I really like the Hera and the Kanan and the Ahsoka from Rebels. I thought those were all cool. Uh, the Sabine is cool. Uh, Tank Trooper is cool. I mean, there's just a lot of cool ones. It's, it's really about whatever characters you really like. Um, I really like Boba Fett, so he's probably my absolute favorite. My... Second favorite might be my, um, it was a celebration or Comic-Con exclusive uh, Old Man Obi-Wan with the holographic Leia display. That's a really cool set. And uh, Will, so, so Will, what's your favorite Black Series? Um, my favorite Black, I'm not really, is the the white prototype Black Series. <laughs> yeah, that one's cool. Prototype Boba uh, that's Fett probably my really favorite. Cool. Prototype Boba Fett. Um, I will say, place in my heart, um, as probably like my one of my favorite villains. He just looks so evil. His eyes, the tattoos, the horns. Yeah. Um, the he's uh, acted by Ray Park, who's a really badass martial artist, and you know the, that comes through in Darth Maul's performance. Especially with the double-sided lightsaber, and he killed one of my favorite Jedi, Qui Gon Jinn. You know, Darth Maul is a is a good villain. Yeah, he is really good. Um, one of my favorites. He looks so cool. What a kick-ass design! Uh, all right, so let's listen to the voicemail from Fernando um, that we weren't able to get to last week. So let's hear what 
Alejandro's dad has to say. Good evening, Haas and Will. Hope this uh, voicemail finds you well. It's your buddy Fernando. Like I said, love the podcast. Number one on the market. Uh, three quick questions. One, Star Wars. Two, slightly out of the box. Real quick. Um, what do you think, and I, I may be obsessed with this character, um, what do you think was the fate of Quinlan Voss, and do you think that we'll see him again, maybe in the Star Wars live-action Underworld-type uh, TV series that's been in development forever? And uh, your thoughts on that? And two quick non-Star Wars questions. Do you think Leonardo DiCaprio was fucking dreaming in Inception at the end? I, I go back and forth on it. And uh, lastly, now that we know that um, Game of Thrones isn't coming until 2019, uh, I want to know you guys' uh, prediction for the end of the show. What do you think happens? Thanks a lot. Have a great night. Ooh, I like the out-of-the-box questions he brought for us. <clears throat> You're going to have to reiterate that for me because I couldn't hear any of that. Oh, okay. So his Star Wars question was, fuck, what was the Star Wars question? I'm blanking. Oh, okay. So his Star Wars question is, what do we think happened to Quinlan Voss? And do we think we will see him anytime in the future, maybe in the Star Wars TV show, especially if they ever end up doing sort of the underworld concept that they had explored back in the day when old Uncle George was still in charge. Um, his two out-of-the-box questions are, was Leonardo DiCaprio dreaming at the end of Inception? And what do we think will happen in Game of Thrones uh, he he specifically wants to know since it's not coming back to like 2019. Um, so he just wants some Game of Thrones predictions. Let's do the Star Wars one first. <clears throat> so as far as I know, like as badass as he was in like the Star Wars comics, none of that stuff is canon anymore. The canon stuff for Quinlan Voss that we have thus far is. His appearance in Clone Wars, the book Dark Disciple, and a mention in, I believe, a recent Darth Vader comic that he's still alive. Me, not They don't directly mention it. They show this list of Jedi that are suspected to still be alive, and his name is on that list. So, you know, to me, that's a pretty big hit, hint that he's still out there. Uh the fact that they dropped that hint in the comic makes me wonder if that will be the place we see Quinlan Voss show back up. It would be cool because Quinlan Voss is a cool character. Quinlan Voss is a badass character. And I've only grown to appreciate the character even more than I already did because of our buddy Sal, who cosplays him so kick-assly. Absolutely. Um, so, you know... Uh, that's uh I kind of get the feeling that that might be where they explore Quinlan Voss some more. I always kind of wondered if maybe he would pop up in Rebels just because if he's still alive and you know he was in Clone Wars, I don't see why they wouldn't bring him in at some point. Granted, you know, there's it's a huge galaxy. There's a ton of reasons why they wouldn't run into each other. Quinlan Voss 
you know, may not even really be involved in the rebellion. He may be more uh, focused on trying to stay alive. Um, I would think at some point we will get a conclusion of that character. I don't know that he would necessarily... I don't know. It, to me, it would be an easy enough character to bring into a TV series if you need, depending on the time period. If you need a Jedi character, like, why not make it Quinlan Voss? You know? Um, yeah. And it would be cool. Like, I, I like seeing these characters sort of go through the different mediums where it's like, you know, Thrawn shows up in Rebels, right? It would be cool to see Thrawn in live action one day. Um, it, you know, it's cool to see Snap Wexley in uh, The Force Awakens and then get like a ton of backstory and, and character elements in the Aftermath books. Even though they're not my favorite, like the Snap stuff is pretty, pretty cool. His droid companion, Mr. Bones, is pretty cool. So, <clears throat> actually really cool. I'm not going to try and play it cool. Seem like I'm cooler than those books. Mr. Bones is pretty fucking badass. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. What do you think, Will? I, I think so. I think definitely. And it it they would have made a point to say he was dead by now if they weren't planning on doing something else with him, I think. Yeah, and I also feel like if, you know, they had... Uh, an opportunity with the dark disciple book. Like if they wanted to kill him off, they could have killed him off in that he's getting a, a whole book basically devoted to he and Ventress's um, sort of interactions and stuff during the clone wars. Like I feel that what I'm saying is basically they had the opportunity in that, like, and then the, the Darth Vader thing, the Darth Vader comic thing. He I, could have not been on that list, you know, like. Right, exactly. Now, granted, that could just be a cool little Easter egg for people to find because it's not in English, it's in Arabish, and people translated the list, and they're like, oh, shit, look, Quinlan Voss is on the list of still being alive. Um, you know, could just be a little Easter egg. To me, like, it's m just as likely that it's something that they have planned to address at some point as it is just a cool Easter egg. Uh, what do you think about the end of Inception? Leonardo DiCaprio still in a dream or no? I believe we've covered this once before already, but um, I mean, for argument's sake, I love to talk about it again. It's a great movie. Uh, I will come at it from two different ways. Uh, when you see the totem spitting at the end, uh, I personally think I see it start to falter right there at the end before the screen cuts. But I believe it's one of those movies that's specifically cut that way towards the end for you to decide for yourself. You know, what do you think happened? Uh, I think it go. that's the first way. Uh, I, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. I think that, you know, he that whole movie is about choosing your reality. And he had Maul locked away and she kept trying to plead with him and tempt him to choose her as his reality spend you know with his memory of her and uh he chose his kids you know he he chose whether that totem stopped or kept going he doesn't care anymore the reality he chose was the one with his children where he got to be with his children yeah i think that's a solid explanation to be completely honest i'm with you i feel like i see that top start to wobble which to me signifies that it's not a dream but I also think it was purposely right. vague and, you know, non-committal for this very reason. You know, several years later, yeah. 
there's a couple of dudes plus a kick-ass dude. It. Yeah, kick-ass dude leaving a voicemail that to discuss it, you know? Uh, Game of Thrones predictions. Honestly, I'm not real sure where they're going to go in the last season. Um, I could give some va- like basic predictions and hit me up in 2019 to see how accurate this these are. I think both Cersei Lannister and Jamie Lannister will die in that season. I think King's Landing will... I don't know if it'll necessarily be destroyed, but I think it might end up... We might end up seeing it fucking attacked by that White Walker dragon or maybe even Daenerys' dragons. She might get pissed off because Cersei sort of stabs her in the back. Um, I think ultimately they will defeat the White Walkers. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, it's going to end on a down note and the White Walkers are going to win and take over Westeros. Uh, I don't necessarily see that being the case. Um, I think Jon Snow will die. I think the fact that um, he went through what he did, I don't think you can do that without consequences. And I think those consequences will come back in the form of his eventual death. Um, but, you know, heroic and badass all the same. So that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Uh, Will, are you caught up on Game of Thrones? Hell no. Hell no. I had seen like the first episode. And then I saw an episode with the chick trying to get into the Assassin's Guild of Many Faces. Yeah, yeah. Man, um, when the series is done, I'm going to get you a box set. I mean, that if there was ever a show built for a young Will Witten, it's Game of Thrones. It's right up your you alley. You say that, but it's, dude, it's so, some of that stuff is so grim. Yeah, uh, but... The, it, the guy sacrificing his own daughter. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there is some very this grim stuff awesome. in it, but it's dark fantasy. It's not like... It's not high fantasy. Yeah, it's and it's, it's not very... epic fantasy. It Ooh, is dark, uh, buddy. I would take back. It's not epic fantasy. Is I, it epic? Uh, is that the definition of epic fantasy? Well, no. I'm just saying. I mean, for my depth, 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 depth. Bleh, oh, I'm having a stroke, y'all. Oh, call the ambulance. Oh, from my definition, call the ambulance. From my definition of epic, it's definitely epic. Uh, you know. It definitely well, ramps I mean, up. You're the official, you know. You're the aficionado because I have not seen it. I can't claim to have, you know. Yeah. Uh. Under. Uh, you know. Understand. Yeah, you'll definitely have to to check out the series. I, I because might... I'm down. I'll watch it. I was thinking today. I need to get Willow on DVD. I don't know why those two are connected. I guess fantasy, but. I'll. Uh, I'm the greatest I'm, swordsman that ever. I may <laughs> have a way to hook you up with a username and password to a service to watch Game of Thrones in your free time. I'm, I'm, indeed all right we got one more voicemail and then we'll probably do like maybe one more email and then save uh a couple for next week just because guys it's been a long weekend will and i have been struggling tonight with some technical difficulties technical difficulties at the yin yang tonight man sometimes the force is with you sometimes it is not but tonight, let's end uh, the voicemail segment. And like I said, we'll probably do one more email after, after this uh, with our good buddy, King Tom. King of all Toms. Pure Tom. Hey there, Haas and Will. King Tom here. 
Haas, I don't know if you remember a few weeks back when we, ha- when we had our little delightful conversation when I was uh, guesting on your show. We were talking about, you know, what we expect or what we'd like to see characters from The Last Jedi be up to in Episode Nine, And I, I was doing some thinking today and I want to change one of my answers. I was thinking about Chewbacca and the, the thought popped in my head. I wonder what his rank is in the Rebel Alliance or Resistance, because, you know, he's been around for a while. He's been in battle, and he never got a medal. Did he get a rank also? Who knows? Because I think Chewbacca's a lot more than, you know, just the the first mate, the Han Solo. And so then that got me thinking about where he is, where he will be in Episode Nine. You know, he's going to be with the Falcon, because that's what he is, that's what he does. But then I, I had another idea for what I want Chewbacca to be doing in episode 9. I think, you know, because Carrie won't be with us, I think that Chewbacca could be the leader of the resistance slash rebellion. Now, I do see, I'm going to I'm going to throw this right out there. I do see two practical reasons why okay, Chewbacca can't be. First, he's always been the guy in the Millennium Falcon. He's always kind of more of a secondary character. And secondly, the other reason being that, to to Star Wars credit, they don't translate him. And audiences like us are not going to understand Shrewook. And so while the characters on screen, most of them could understand him, we won't. And that's a problem for any leader. But think of the plot reasons why Chewbacca could be and should be leader of the Resistance. First of all, he's a resistance hero and a rebellion hero. He's been with them since the Battle of Yavin. He's been a key component of many battles. Secondly, he has he has a conscience. He was the one who wanted to stay with the rebels and fight when, when Han Solo wanted to run. Chewbacca has pretty much, I'm sure, always done the right thing. And thirdly, his people are you know the example of being abused by the Empire. From from day from the very first day of the Empire, they enslaved the Wookiees. And what better example? I I don't think we currently know of any better example, maybe other than Lando or, you know, maybe someone from um, someone from the new canon novels. But I can't think of anyone who's been in a Star Wars movie who could be a better leader of the Resistance than our our boy Chewbacca. What do you guys think? I had this idea and. I love it, even though I will admit for a movie, a character in a movie, it has some practical problems, but I'm willing to let those slide. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. So, um, Chewie, where is Chewie? Now, King Tom brings up an interesting thing. Did Chewie ever have a rank in the rebellion? I don't think I was thinking about it when he asked. I don't think Chewie needs a rank. Because, like, when you're a Wookiee, you are a warrior. You know, to, it's like in a, like a, a samurai way or a Klingon way or, you know, like to be a Wookiee is to be a warrior. So, you know, it's Chewbacca, warrior pilot. You know, it, but if he does have a rank, I bet it's a captain. I bet he's a captain uh, just like Han Solo was a captain until he was a general. <clears throat> yeah. Or maybe he also has a rank of general as well. I would just maybe think it's it'd be General kind of, Chewbacca. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, I just think it'd be kind of fucked up if they never gave him a rank. Because when you think about it, Chewie is part of some important integral shit. Like, 
anywhere Han is, Chewie is, and he's right along fighting for the rebellion. Battle it would of be xenophobist. Um, so I'd like to think he does have a rank, even though they didn't give him a damn medal. Um, but yeah, they they never say it. I don't necessarily know that Chewie would be the leader of the rebellion in Episode Nine for several reasons. Like Chewie, I mean, nothing we've ever seen from Chewie, and this could change. This could be sort of a character progression for him. Um, has led me to believe like Chewie is some great military strategist or leader of a faction. Uh, and like King Tom said, it'd be kind of weird if like the big rebel briefing in episode nine where they're going over whatever their big final plan to attack the First Order is. And they're like, and now G- Grand General of the Rebellion, Chewbacca. And he comes up to the table and he's just like, <laughs> like going over the plan. And everybody's what just like it? nodding their head and shit. What if Chewbacca has a full name? What if Chewbacca is short for <laughs> something? Something else. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Chewinar Bacchus the fourth or something. <laughs> uh yeah. I I don't necessarily see him being the leader of the resistance, but I'm sure he'll be an integral part to the the final battle that's for sure what do you think will i think i think chewie serves better as what he is uh the comedic enforcer you know chewie is almost like the conscience chewie gives the nudge you know when people need it and he's comic relief if that makes sense i i'd be okay if chewie lives another thousand years yeah me too like it's so easy to just have that a dude of the right height and stuff in that suit that you could continue Chewy for as long as you want. Like, yeah. And he can get grayer and grayer to me. There's two things that, you know, unfortunately, Anthony Daniels will not always be able to be C3PO when he's no longer able to do it. I kind of feel like you need to retire C3PO. Right. Um, people do good approximations of C3PO and video games and stuff like that. But, I don't think it would be quite the same without Anthony Daniels. There's I a, agree. a voice acting element that's <clears throat> not there with like Chewie. But R2, like why ever kill off R2? Why ever blow up the Millennium Falcon and why ever get rid of Chewie, you know? Um the death of Chewbacca would fucking tear me to pieces. I I don't know how well I'd be able to handle Chewie going out, man. I don't know that I want to see that. Uh, you know, it's just those elements are so reckon- recognizable from Star Wars that, like, I would think if if you do go into an episode 10, 11, 12, like another trilogy, which personally I think is definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Uh, why get rid of those characters? There's no reason to. You can bring them back so you always have that sort of familiar original trilogy element to it, you know? Right. Right. Would yeah. be totally beneficial. For sure. Uh, all right, so we'll do one email, one more email, and then wrap it up. We've got a couple more, and we will absolutely get to you guys next week. You know we will. First up is our buddy William. Hey, Halls and Will. Or first up, next up. 
So I have been thinking a lot about the prospects for this new trilogy, and my mind explodes with the endless amount of possibilities. So my question to you guys is this. You're given the opportunity to pitch an idea to the creators for this new trilogy. You can choose either a storyline slash timeline, a character to develop, or a faction slash group, good or bad. What category would you choose to pitch and what concepts or ideas would you gravitate towards? I'm curious about what your guys' thoughts are on a completely new galaxy and if given the opportunity, what could it look like for you? Finally, I recently began my yearly Star Wars bins and just got done with A New Hope. I always laugh at the fact that Red Six, the chubby pilot, is named Porkins. Is there any explanation for this or is it just a terrible coincidence? All I see when he checks in to attack the Death Star is a bag of spicy pork rinds chilling in the cockpit <laughs> pit behind him. Anyway, thanks for the awesome podcast and may the force be with you guys always. You think Porkins likes chicharrones? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he loves chicharrones. Um, I'm sure they're scattered across his dash. I don't know why, but I always picture him with a big sandwich. I don't know if that comes from Family Guy or something, but every time I see Porkins, I was like, I bet that motherfucker's got a giant Subway sandwich in that I, cockpit somewhere. I think it's a, you know, a quote-unquote terrible coincidence and also kind of a jab that he's kind of a chunky dude that they name him Porkins. I think, it's a, uh, I think it was George Lucas' attempt at comedy. Yeah, prob- eh, probably right. Porkins, the fat guy. Ha, yeah, get it? Porkins. Uh, if I could pitch... If I had to pitch a storyline idea for, and I assume he's talking about um, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, a story I, I wouldn't necessarily go with a character to development to develop or a faction slash group. I would go timeline wise, and I would say like either way before a Phantom Menace or way after Episode Nine. Get us is far away from the established Star Wars canon uh, timeline as possible because I feel like that opens up more opportunities to do new and cool stuff. As much as I love X-Wings and TIE Fighters, no X-Wing and TIE Fighters. New ship designs. Cool new. new ship designs. If it's very ancient Star Wars, I don't want it to look like a very ancient version of an X-Wing. I want it to look like it is technologically inferior to what we've seen. If Devolve a little bit. Right. If Devolve the technology. If it's in the future, way in the future, I want it to look like advanced, more advanced technology than we've seen or designs and things. Um, I'm not ready for that in Star Wars yet. Um, I, I really do like the idea of... Going way into the future, I think part of that is is because I was a, a fan of those Star Wars Legacy comics, which were set, I think, like maybe 500 years after Return of the Jedi or something like that. Um, they weren't the greatest, but I, more than anything, I dug the concept, and I did dig a lot of what they did with it. Uh, while I do like the idea of that, I think it's also maybe not necessarily that likely because, especially if they want to do, say, an episode 10, 11, and 12, I can't see them doing a, a trilogy set way in the future where they don't reference whatever big events would happen in 10, 11, 12, right? Right. Um, 
So more than likely, like I still really like the idea of very ancient beginning of the Jedi Order, maybe even the rift that causes the creation of the Sith or the birth of the Sith. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Tales of the Jedi, Knights of the Old Republic, that stuff. I'm not saying you have to adapt any of those. I don't want that. Like, I don't want to see an, a movie adaptation of Knights of the Old Republic. But I'm a fan of those properties. So if they were to do something in that vein, ancient Star Wars, ancient Jedi, ancient Sith, you know, I would be really into that. And right. so that's probably that's what, what I, like. I would... I'd like to go backwards in time. That yeah. That's what I'd like to see. And however little or however much doesn't, I don't really care, but I'd like a little history. I'd like something like, like a Mass Effect kind of world. And I don't mean like stylistically. I mean just like where there are still certain species hitting the main scene as as like as part of the galactic presence. You know, like just getting faster than it's a big deal joining you know the Galactic Federation or whatever, and how the Jedi play into that. You know, the beginnings right. of a Galactic Federation where where the galaxy is just now transversible, you know, so that all species can mingle. There's still lots of uncharted planets and systems and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I would be a little bummed with is if in Ryan Johnson's trilogy, he was like, okay, this is set during the timeline of anything that's already established, be it prequel, original, or sequel trilogy. It's just set way far away on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure how stoked I would be on that, only because I think naturally, with the way the storyline in Star Wars goes, that would kind of eliminate the possibility of Jedi. And, like, I'm not going to lie, like, Jedi are my thing in Star Wars. I don't mind a standalone movie that doesn't really focus on the Jedi or have any Jedi. Like, you know, Han Solo's not going to have it. Uh, Rogue One didn't. Rogue except One for Vader. Did, yeah, Rogue One didn't, but they were like, oh, let's uh, let's work a little Vader in there just to make sure. Uh, just we got a lightsaber in here. This one. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm fine with that for a standalone movie, but for a trilogy, I kind of want there to be some sort of Jedi presence, and not yeah. just a force. Like, and when I say that, what I mean is force powers with a lightsaber. Like, I'm not just saying, like, a, you know what. Take me to when the temple on Octu was bustling. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like the beginning of that temple, because that's you know supposedly the first Jedi temple. Let me see how that was created. Let me see what all went on there. Let me see what caused what's up with that uh, dark side. The first Jedi in perfect harmony with the yeah, lights up. The prime Jedi. Let's explore that a little. You know, there's there's lots to explore as far as and the you know, I'm wondering if that's where we're headed. Just since. That was a big part of his movie. Yeah, you know, Jason from Making Star Wars has brought that up a lot since the Ryan Johnson uh, trilogy announcement came, you know, about a month or so before The Last Jedi or whatever. Was that like what his initial things he was hearing during the production of The Last Jedi is that Ryan Johnson was working on a lot of backstory stuff. Not necessarily backstory stuff that we would see play out, but that would influence the story. And I think there's a lot of hints of that in the movie, both with 
present day stuff and ancient stuff with like, you know, that mosaic that's on the floor in the Jedi temple and all that. Right. Um, so I would be real stoked if, if that was sort of what influenced him to pitch whatever or agree to do whatever trilogy it is that he's going to be working on. Well, buddy, I think that'll do it for us this week. Technical right Difficulties on. 101. But we got through it. We did. We certainly did. Uh, thanks for taking the time to record with me, buddy. Take oh, a, you know I love it. Take Thank it away you for... from your PUBG time. Yeah, right. If only, if only there was a way that we could concentrate, do a good podcast, and play PUBG at the same time. Uh, yeah, right. That would be Tell me about it. But anyway, I'm guys. I'm gunning for the number one headband. <laughs> oh, what's up, Afro Samurai? Yeah. Afro Samurai, number nice one headband. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for listening this week. Sorry about a couple of technical difficulties that uh, popped up. I'll cut most of that out, though. Uh, if you like our theme song, check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com on iTunes and Spotify. Do it. Do it, do it. Uh, do it. Thanks uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witt. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>